This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. Sign and save right now by going to factormeals.com forward slash TV 50 and use code TV 50 to get 50% off your order. That's code TV 50 at factormeals.com forward slash TV 50 to get 50% off. Hi, this is Barbara Feldon, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Well, what's he doing in a telephone booth reading a book? That's not a telephone booth, Max. That's a glass cell. Of course. They've got pheasant under glass. <laughs> Ed Roberts with a reminder that Barbara Feldon will join us in our second hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, would you believe Greg Airbar is with us? another look at recently released DVD and streaming titles that we think you'll find of interest. Greg Arabar, author of the forthcoming book, Hanna-Barbera, The Recorded History. You can hear Greg's standalone podcast, The Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find audio. What do you have for us this week? We have one of the funniest shows of the 60s, Get Smart. Now, is this the Time Life complete series box set or is there some other box set that you have unearthed well this is the this is the the, the box store the individuals and time life still makes them available okay. and what they should call them is barbara feldon presents get smart pretty much because, so pretty pretty much so this okay this and i i am from i am familiar with this because it was produced by a colleague of mine who we lost a few years ago named susan kessler in her clark kent job or or Diana Prince job, she was a uh, editor for many major studios. But her superhero job, she wrote a, she wrote the definitive book on the Wild Wild West, and she produced this excellent box set for Time Life, the complete Get Smart. And Sue Sue worked with Paul Brownstein, but Sue did all the heavy lifting, and mm-hmm. she produced pretty much every extra feature. She tracked down all the all the um, like all the commercials. Uh, there, uh, th- this is chock full of extra of, of, of extra features. Every, every volume. Sue yes. Sue Kessler is responsible for pretty much everything that makes this box set so enjoyable. And these are the kind Include, of, of including of, getting Barbara Feldon to do all the commentaries. She she does she she is heard at the beginning of every episode with um, either 
about note when you watch it, this little thing or a little bit of trivia or something like that. So it is, it is very much her watching it with you. The Wild Wild West set, I think, has that too. Little introductions. It's it a rare thing. It does. It do, at least the first season. I think I have the complete series box set of the Wild Wild West, and the first season has a number of Easter eggs, such as Robert Conrad introducing these. I think. I think what they did was they did that for the first when they released just the first season only. Um, they had Conrad do some standalones, but and then. There were fewer of those with the subsequent three-season releases, but if you get the box set, you've got everything. Yes, uh, that was a common thing with with episodic television, a classic TV shows on DVD, is as the seasons progressed, it was harder for them to sell them, harder for them to get the budgets to do them, and so the the extras tended to dwindle. As, but that's not the case with Get Smart. And if I it's remember, ch- if I remember correctly, in addition to getting Barbara Belden to introduce every single episode, there are a couple of instances where Barbara is in conversation with Buck Henry, Bernie Capel, mm-hmm. Leonard Stern, and Bill Dana are on as well. Yeah, so and- uh, it's pretty much. All the, I mean, I think Don had already passed. I think Don yeah. Adam had already passed by the time uh, Time Life commissioned this release. But all the other surviving principal players, um, at least almost all the surviving pr- principal players, are part of this DVD collection. It, it is, it is and of course, this is a radio show, so the visual will be lost. But the box set, even the box set, is is an is is it it is as Sue said when she talked about this on our program some years ago, she designed the entire she she designed every inch. If you if you could measure a DVD collection in inches, she designed every inch of this collection with the fan in mind because she was a fan. And this was like other than the Wild Wild West, her, her other major TV obsession was Get Smart. So this is produced by an uber fan who works in television, so she understands how the industry works, but she understands what fans are looking for. And so, as I recall, if you buy this new, even if you buy this used, it's it's a bit of an investment, but if you love Get Smart, this is worth the investment. It's worth having to it's worth having in your collection. Well, first of all, I totally agree that you know. I realize that, I'm, I'm I'm bogarting your segment, Greg, but it's just I no, happen no, I just no, I just happen to be very familiar I, with that's this. That's refreshing because uh, you know I then I'm not yammering on and on and on, and that that you know that may be an irritation to some people. So I would rather <laughs> we're going back and forth, uh, and and you and you mentioned something mentioned things that I might not have thought of, and I think that. Honestly, you can tell when at least one person is who's involved with a project like this actually likes the subject matter. You can tell. You can smell it. It's like it's like it's like a good pizza shop. You can smell the difference when you walk in, you know. <laughs> and uh, I can there are so many minute things that she tracked down that you do follow the evolution of the entire experience of what Get Smart was to the people involved. 
as well as what the show is. And that is unusual. It's start, you know, I also forgot to mention Mel Brooks does the, the pilot mm -hmm. uh, commentary. So it starts with him, but it is, you, you get the, you do find out that Mel Brooks's involvement was one season. He came up with a lot of the crazy ideas. Uh, you, those, those are duly noted. And then he became, uh, he got into directing with the producers and doing get smart was, part of his entree into doing it because he, he he had a hit show and it sort of moved him into that and that's what he wanted he didn't want to do episodic television and then buck henry was involved for i believe three seasons and then leonard stern took over and there were certain dictums of the show and they, I don't know that they had show Bibles then, but they did have rules of we're never going to say what 99's name is, was one of the main yes. rules. Uh, uh, gr Greg, yeah, Greg said dictums, not victims. Not, yeah, D with a D. Yes. Uh, you know, rules, yes. rules, th things to follow to keep the show consistent. And there were, there were rare lapses in that consistency, uh, except that, you know, sometimes you'd see an actor playing one role and you see him playing another role or that actor became a regular. Whereas like Robert Carvelis was in a couple episodes and then he became Larrabee and then Larrabee became a main performer as the show progressed and very, very funny. Uh, a lot of these people also were old friends of theirs. Mm -hmm. This was, this was a, you know, this truly was a perfect storm because they wanted to do a show that wasn't nor you can't always pull off satire and and spoof and camp and all of these things and and sustain it for more than a season maybe two tops batman couldn't do it for more than two seasons this se the, the show managed to be as grounded as it could be and that was but also be very very funny and sometimes kind of wild especially in the last season when it went to cbs it got a little more zany. And I think that may have been an issue of violence because while there was always gunplay and there was people, you know, it was a show about spies and espionage. I think towards the end, they may have toned it down a bit because uh, I think it was one of those shows that was on a little bit later and you can do so much depending on what your time block is. Cause for a show that every kid watched, it had a lot of, a lot of gunplay and, and, um, that kind of thing, but yeah, and 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 a surprise, and a surprising. I mean, I I didn't realize this until Nick at Night famously brought it back in the early to mid '90s, and that's when I. I mean, I I watched it as a kid in real in real time. I remember it was on Saturdays for a while, and then, if memory serves, the last year on CBS it was on Friday night, and uh, I believe you're right. Yes, and and so I remember watching it on Friday night and then switching over to the Brady Bunch. But I forgot how much action there was in that mm -hmm. show. There was a lot of Don Adams or whoever did his stunt work did a lot of like, I mean, Ma Max never threw a punch, as I recall, but he did a lot of karate chops to extricate himself from situations, and as did Barbara Feldman. It's very hard on a, on a TV budget for a sitcom. This, was, this had to have cost more than the average sitcom. To do to do action scenes and to have you know changing sets every week and because most sitcoms have some regular standing sets. The example I always think of is um, when Bob Crane guest starred on the Lucy Show 
and they were supposedly filming a movie and it was very set bound and they basically just ran from side to side in the set because there was no way to do any action. It's very hard unless you have the money and, and the use of the lot. Yeah. They use they use the lot a lot. And when you've seen the lots more often as I have now that I live in Los Angeles, you realize, okay, well that's that's the machine shop and that's that's the back of the administration building. And because when they're in an alley, it's not an alley. It's it's usually a utility area of the studio. So that saves some money, but still doing stuff outside you can't you can't do anything at night because that's expensive you got to do day for nights a lot of that stuff adds up plus you had perfectionism in the form of don adams and and the fact that uh some people found him difficult but it wasn't difficult it was he just he couldn't get used to the fact that you had to do a show a week and they couldn't all be fantastic and largely they were almost consistently all good some were better than others but there's a story that says a lot there's a lot of people on this set tell stories about don adams and can't help but do his voice (laughs) you know like james Kahn talking about golfing with him it's winter rules and you're hearing james Kahn doing the william powell voice but it really was william powell and Don Adams' voice combined, because Don Adams has a higher, slightly higher pitch. So it was a combination of both. But Don Rickles tells this story about how they did a comedy special called The Two Dons. Mm-hmm. Is the Two Dons or a couple of Dons? And he, he came to, to Don Adams and he said, can you help me? I need you to fight for these jokes to be better. And it's just, it could be so much better. And and. And he he says, well, I'll do it, but you have to back me up. You have to back me up. And, of course, the guy, he goes in and tells them, and then Rickles doesn't say anything. He says, well, I think it's fine. Because in reality, (laughs) Don Rickles wanted people to like him and was a nice guy off screen and, you know, cultivated the the two dual images. And Don Adams got in people's faces because of quality. Uh, A lot of times you will find that, somebody who gets that moniker given to them it isn't diva it's they just want it to be good and it's very hard sometimes for it to stay good you had so many people on this show though that went on to so many like buck henry that it it was it was a it truly was a perfect storm hey just just a quick aside as is because you mentioned don rickles and how the abrasive stage personality was simply that a persona and that the the real Don Rickles was nothing like that off camera. Billy Van Zent, when he visited our program a couple of years ago, he produced a show for Fox with Don Rickles and Richard Lewis called Daddy Dearest. And it went either went thirteen and out or twenty two and out. It was it was yet another Don Rickles show that other than CPO Sharky never lasted beyond one season. But Billy, in his book and on the program uh, when he visited us a couple years ago, talked about how Rickles, he talked about Rickles the actor and how when the director said cut print, Rickles would say, okay, did I give you what you need? Was I okay? I can do another take if if you need another take. And if you think of Don Rickles, the abrasive personality, that's hard to imagine. But yeah. but there's a difference between Rickles, the comedian, and Rickles, the actor. And Rick, Rickles was a much, I think in many ways, Rickles was an, was an under-heralded 
actor because a lot of times if he did like if he guest starred on the mothers-in-law or the lucy show he was playing a variation of don rickles or he was yeah, playing he was he was playing what the writers imagined don rickles would be versus an actual character but when given an opportunity to play a character he was a very good actor yes he was he was well many many of the comics um and it's it's unfair uh you know i was reading in in uh nick santa maria uh, his book about Abbott and Costello, it's unfair a lot when the comedian, especially with them being burlesque, are sort of the second class of art because they're not doing drama. And it's always been a stigma. Uh, I mean, I watched a silent movie where that was the stigma. But yeah, a lot of comedians can make the transition beautifully into doing serious. Uh, Lou Costello was on an episode of Wagon Train, played a serious role. There's a lot of them that can. It's not as easy to make that transition in the comedy. There are dramatic actors who can, but some of them come off awkward. And conversely, Don Adams, because he made such an impression when he played Maxwell Smart, he can never quite shake that. And we'll pick up that thread when we carry over our conversation with Greg about Get Smart in our second hour. All five seasons of Get Smart available on DVD, both individually and as part of the award-winning box set produced by Sue Kessler, all five seasons, Get Smart, available Amazon.com, other online retailers. When we come back, we'll talk about the various attempts to reimagine Get Smart over the years, including the 2008 movie starring Steve Carell and the infamous theatrical release, The Nude Bomb, starring Don Adams. Then we'll welcome 99 herself, Barbara Felton. All that more, we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Please stay with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.